KXNO. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Take you until noon. Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette momentarily. Uh, Pete Futek, College Football News, coming up in about 20 minutes. Look forward to our conversation with both gentlemen, actually. I got the shakes, though, Trent Condon. It's 11 o'clock. Shouldn't hockey be on this TV? You only get two games, and they're both in the evening. What are you going to do this afternoon? Cubs don't play. Are you actually going to work play? this afternoon? I actually do have work to do this <laughs> yeah. afternoon. Yeah, it's a good day to have some work to yeah. do. Uh, let's get Mark Morehouse in here. Mark, do you have the shakes? No hockey in this 11 o'clock? Well, you didn't have power for the longest time, so you missed out on a bunch. How are you? Great, man. Uh, we missed the first three games of the Blackhawks series uh, because because of the derecho. We, haven't, we didn't have power until Sunday. Mm. We're... Power came back Sunday, and we're pretty good. I think the only thing we don't have left now is uh, internet, and who needs that? But yeah, also, really. <laughs> uh, we moved about a oh, hundred foot tree out of our backyard that mm. fell. We still have a broken window. We still have some siding beat up, and uh, uh, yeah, and, we, and I count us as lucky. This yeah. tree was huge; it could have gone through our house. Mm. Um, there was a moment there when the window was broken. I. I was in total panic mode, and I, I swear I could feel the house breathe before, wow. you know, right before it kind of blows apart, and I'm just like, okay. Jeez. I got to run downstairs. Yeah. I watched downstairs, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I got to get out of this thing. And <laughs> so uh, Cedar Rapids is pretty bad off. I went down yesterday, and uh, uh, just uh, I would say 45 to 55% of the trees in the city are damaged, mm. if not down. And uh, a lot of people are hurting right now, and so... If you can, United Way of Cedar, anything out there for Cedar Rapids. Willie Ray's Q Shack is a barbecue place in Cedar Rapids. Yep. That man is going around town giving, money, or giving free food to people. Mm-hmm. He's got a Venmo. Look him up. Uh, he's just doing good things right now. No, he really is. And I'm glad you I'm glad you singled him out. Uh, there's a lot of people doing that, Mark, but he's been unbelievable. Uh, what he's done is uh, people just – and your colleague, too. I mean, Halost – at least when I saw it last night, did not have power still. He is not. Um, he lives a little, I, I live out in the county a little bit. Uh, Fairfax is out in the county. Mike is in the middle of the city. It's heavily treed where he is, too. It's uh, He lives kind of by one of the old city golf courses. and uh, he. I, I hope for him that he has power here pretty quick. I ran into him in the office. But we're still not going in the office, but, man, if you want some good Internet or any Internet, mm-hmm. you can hear sort of forced in there so i went in there and did the podcast with with uh scott and ran into uh mike a few times uh at the beginning of COVID, he lost 17 pounds i think he's gaining it back but uh <laughs> you know uh he's not doing it on hot food that's for sure mark morehouse cedar rapids gazette well mark let's get to the uh uh the here and now and that's big 10 football that apparently is going to uh uh, push things off until early January now seems to be the latest. Let's uh, start with Kevin Warren though, and he finally um, went public. He finally, you know, shared a little bit of clarity as to what went into the decision. I still believe we need to hear. Um, I don't think we will. It'd be nice if the college presidents and chancellors uh, would come forward with 
with with how they felt, with how they voted, with how they shared their opinion. I think Kevin Warren is taking a lot of arrows on behalf of the president's. Uh, he seems to be the spokesman, and he's done an awful job of doing that. But did he calm any nerves or change any opinions with that memo that he put out yesterday, Mark? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess there's probably some things. The bullet points about why they pulled, I thought, was, was valuable. Um, at this point, the aggrieved parties probably aren't going to be happy with anything. I mean, unless this came back, let's play the season, I don't think anybody was going to be happy about it or understand it totally or totally accept it and that's that's the that's the whole thing you know these families really invest and the players obviously invest but the families are in it with them and they they did not get a voice and i i i don't see that group players slash family getting a voice anytime soon for major for, for major decisions making in college football i just don't see it it hasn't happened in the past and i think I think this, I think the Big Ten right now is giving athletes another another sort of uh, weapon in uh, them getting together and eventually getting paid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think the Big Ten is uh, uh, sees how valuable what the players do, what the student athletes do on the field, and it doesn't want to, it's always been the conference that hasn't wanted to, it, it's, it's what it says, it wants to protect student athletes, it's not lip service from the Big Ten. The SEC, you can you contrast that. The SEC, did we ever? Do we ever? You guys ever believe that for one second the SEC wasn't going to play? No. Exactly. Exactly. So Big Ten parents are looking around and going, "Hey, what about them? What about these students? They see these uh, pictures of big clusters of students now with campuses opening. Why is it safe for them and not for football players? That's that's a that's a question I had a few times with parents, and I don't know. But I think the great the great thing. That's going to happen here. Is there going to be enough student clusters, and there's going to be enough COVID that uh, I don't think football is going to matter. I think uh, every class will be eventually, every college will eventually be online, and uh, I think with that, that's that's the final nail in the in the football for the season. So we know that the reason that these students are coming to campus is one reason: money. They're they're paying their tuition bills, they're paying for their dorms right. and everything else that go along with it. And the football side, well, you need to play football. Because of money. Why the disconnect between school presidents there, but football and fall sports? Whoa, that, that's way too far. Where's the disconnect? More students and football players, maybe. Um, you, you, I think a college is more in charge, quote-unquote, in charge of a regular student than it is a football player. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of illogical things that yeah. has the Iowa parents group uh, freaked out and angry and uh I don't think that letter yesterday helped that. Um, I, I think uh, uh, maybe Steve Warren does this, you know, they, they do a national thing, and then they, he does a couple of uh, one side interviews. Those don't bring out as far as they need to. You probably need to have a press conference, you know, a Zoom press conference mm-hmm. where you can, you can be asked more questions than just from, like, say, The Athletic or Teddy Greenstein. Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette, is our guest. So, Mark, you don't believe that, you know, that Ryan Day, um, it seems like his proposal was the first one I saw early January. It seems like that's the one that's picking up steam, that they're going to play these games indoors at some of the indoor stadiums in the Big Ten footprint. You're on the side of you don't think that that's going to happen? 
No, I do. I do. I do think the January thing is going to happen, and here's my rationale. And it's weak, and I'm going to admit to it. But uh, we talked about it on the podcast uh, Barry Alvarez, Wisconsin AD. He uh, he's been very. He hasn't been fire and brimstone. We got to play football. He's been following the advice of his university president and people in the Big Ten. Yeah, uh, what day? Uh, when Tuesday or Wednesday? Um, uh, Jeff Petrikas from the Wonky mm-hmm. Journal Sentinel wrote a story citing sources saying, "Yeah, January football, it's uh, it's coming together. The Big Ten is what the Big Ten is working on. Maybe if the Big Ten comes out and says that yesterday, then then players who feel ripped off at least have a goal to shoot for. Um, they still don't have that right now, but it does feel to me and that that breaking story out of Wisconsin. Jeff breaks a lot of stories. Mm-hmm. He's got good sources there." He's, uh, you know, he's a veteran newspaper guy. I do think the January thing is plausible. Um, Now, you get into two games in one season, I think the Big Ten will be very conservative on that. I think no more than eight games in this, in the, from January to March, uh, and then no more than 10 games probably in the fall. So you you probably get two wonky seasons, but the league, you'll get two seasons, and the league will be, I think the league, you know, I think the Big Ten has shown that it will be the most cautious league with, uh, with uh, uh, a student athlete's uh, health, and I think uh, that'll carry over into how many football games they allow uh, players to have in in, uh, in a calendar year. So, what are you playing for? You're you're playing what for Rose Bowl, maybe mm-hmm. uh, a matchup for Iowa in the fall? No, no, no. January? For a January February season of eight games, what's the point? Outside of, of course, money yeah. again and TV money. What what are you playing yeah. for? There's no national championship there. Mm-mm. You know. What do you guys think of this? And, I, and that's a great question, Trent. You're right. Um, what do you guys think of this? What about who four games in January and eight games in the fall in the fall one season? Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I mean, it's a break, and I, th- yeah. and I, I've pitched this before for the FCS to get some spring ball in. Mm-hmm. You know, play some in your in the fall, play some in the spring. Um, it could stretch into that. It could make the whole year meaningful, but. You know, and then that would limit to twelve games. Then too, you get four in January and uh, eight in the fall. Different rosters, um, yeah. different roster. Uh, yeah, and that's you know, that's that's the other thing you, we haven't talked about um, the opt out. Yeah. Um, Iowa so far has been lucky with that. I imagine mm-hmm. that there'll be one or two um, uh, guys with maybe NFL futures. A guy like Alaric Jackson, mm-hmm. who is probably a late first, second rounder. Um, is, is he going to want to play in April when mm-hmm. there or March when you know he's two months away from potentially being drafted? Yeah, it's interesting. Trent said something uh, at the beginning of the show. Was it McShay? Todd yeah, McShay. Todd McShay. To, uh, share that with uh, that one more. Time. Yeah, he he had mentioned yesterday in an interview that when he goes to the big bowls, uh, what the uh, senior bowl, senior bowl, yeah, and, and goes to those, and basically he tells everybody to a T. If you're a first or second round. Pick, you get that grade from the NFL. Go anybody else. He tells back go back to school. Now he would tell people if there is a spring season, even if you have a draft grade fifth, sixth, seventh round, in that don't play because NFL GMs are going to look at that taxing six, eight, ten game schedule, whatever it turns out to be. They're going to look at that so negatively that it's going to impact you and impact your chances of being selected in the NFL draft. That's what McShay is telling people right now, and that's what he's hearing from GM. Spring football, the NFL, doesn't sound like is looking upon that very kindly. You know, it's weird. I, I, the NFL and college football are competitive, competitors for TVs mm-hmm. in the fall. 
I imagine the NFL is looking at all the Saturdays that are going to be open sure. in, in Big Ten slash Big Twelve, Pac twelve com- country, and they're going to hey hey here's our guys here's our TV, and so they're going to step into that. Mm-hmm. Um, conversely, you know, for, like college, you know, I don't see them ever challenging the NFL on Sunday, but if they started a season in January, they could easily draft off the Super Bowl. I mean, everybody's watching football in mid-January, late January. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you start your Big Ten season then while the Super Bowl's going on, don't cross streams with the NFL and the Super Bowl, but draft off that. There's certainly going to be a high interest in football, and if you have a product show, but that, that goes back to Trent and, and, the, and the April thing and being ready for the NFL draft. I don't know what the right answer is. My guess is the guys who have draft grades, like you talked about, first or second, probably are not going to be in spring football if it does affect them that much. And if the NFL says, hey, guy, uh, this will drop you around. And then you have, uh, you know, the conferences that are going to be ahead of the Big Ten now if they actually get to play. And that's a big actually, I understand. But ACC, SEC, um, Big 12, I, and we talked on the podcast yesterday, this is a chance for Matt Campbell and Iowa State to Hell take yeah. the game. Yep. Uh, you know what? There may be one or two guys in the state. They see that. Iowa State should be good. They should contend for, I think, their conference title this year, for however that that winds up. Uh, I think Iowa State has a chance to you know to cut, close a gap. You know, if there's a perceived gap out there between Iowa State Iowa State can do some work here. Yeah, they can certainly have a ton of eyeballs on them, no doubt. So if it does, if if McShay's right and people start listening to him, that it's it's more than if you're first or second. If you th- if you're hearing you're going to get drafted, don't play in the spring. You know, as I look at this Hawkeye roster, I I think there's somebody on the, that we're not talking about whose stock will never be higher. I mean, we we get Alaric Jackson, right? We get uh, Smith Marset. Right. We the, those those two guys. Maybe a Brandon Smith might uh, have an opportunity. There's one guy whose stock will never be higher than it is now. I don't know where you're going, Keith Duncan. <laughs> How do you top all American? Right? <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. They, Does he I, have the legs? That's, that's, to that's be a great an NFL question, kicker. Trent. I, I agree with you. He's really accurate. Mm-hmm. But can you can you can you count on him for fifty plus? Right. right? Uh, but his stock is never going to be higher, Mark Morehouse, than it is right now. No, I would agree with that. But the position kicker, yeah, that's, different. That that doesn't get picked very highly, very often. Um, I think Keith will make will be an NFL draft pick, probably a sixth or seventh rounder, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard. It's hard for those guys. I thought Miguel Racinos. I thought uh, Marshall Kane would yeah. would have stuck. Marshall Kane kicked a fifty yard, fifty four yard field goal to win a game. Kickers and wide receivers, I think those are two really – I mean, there's only one kicker, and there's three or however many wide receivers an offense has, but there are so many guys, and there's so – you know, how do you pick who can do what and, mm-hmm. you know, what's the tamper, talent, talent differential? But I do think uh, Keith Duncan, Amir Smith-Marset, Brandon, Brandon Smith, uh, Matt Hankins, one or, one or two other guys probably did need this year to propel to, – to, for one to propel themselves up the draft board, and two to show the NFL that hey, they they need to get drafted. I think that group, and I think Alaric's in a different group. And then the name I thought you were going to say, Ken Tyler Linderbaum. Uh, Tyler Linderbaum. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, this would you know technically you know he had a great redshirt freshman year. Mm-hmm. This would be you know this would potentially he's this is the T.G. Hawkinson year for him. Yeah. His soft redshirt sophomore year, he'll be eligible for the draft. So. Um, I'm not a freshman center. It, it's a long way to kind of see that, but he had a great year and 
you know he's on the radar. No, there's no doubt. I'm, I'm convinced he's going to play on Sunday. Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette. Mark, my last thing for you. From the people that you've talked to, from from your sources with inside the, the conference, was there anything to schools like Ohio State and Nebraska and Iowa and maybe Penn State and Michigan were rumored not to break off, but to actually come together and play games this fall. It was talked about a lot on Twitter. Ohio State writers were were absolutely convinced it was going to happen. From the people that you've spoken with, was Iowa in on this? Did they know about this? Were they thinking about doing this? What do you know? Yeah, Iowa was very much a pro play uh, voice in the meetings. Um, I'm not sure what's driving that. I think, well, if I'm Kirk Ferentz, I want to show the world my culture's fine. And so I, I that's, oh, that's good one. Point. they want to erase that headline in my mind that they want to show unity. They want to show that they have a working football program and everyone's in it together. So I, there's a high degree of, in my opinion, a high degree of University of Iowa wanting to get out of the field and wanting to show it's a healthy operation. Uh, beyond that, uh, school uh, football financially is so important to the University of Iowa. And, you know, we talked on the podcast, I think Iowa fits in that upper echelon in the Big Ten of schools where football the fans really keep make football the thing. Uh, Iowa, Nebraska, Ohio State, Michigan, uh, one or two other schools. I think Iowa is up there as far as football fandom and football uh, uh, excitement. Uh, I think people initially thought that. I think Nebraska really went off, you know, ran off with that one and and, uh, and said some crazy stuff. But then I think someone within those organizations actually read Big Ten bylaws and said, "You guys." Uh, we can't do this. Plus, there's also the $50 million or $52 million that the Big Ten is flicking schools now. So uh, over one truncated season, uh, I think it would be such a foolhardy move to root for teams like Iowa. Like Ohio State, it's a different thing. And uh, Ohio State could tell the Big Ten, you know what, I don't think so. And that's, that would be really troublesome. But a, play, a place like Iowa, they're in a good spot. Uh, Iowa's in a good spot. There's no reason to, to really upset it. Uh, they're well taken care of financially. Uh, they're a competitive program most years in the Big Ten, and uh, I think Iowa is where it needs to be. So no one's going to break the Big Ten bylaws to play this season. I think that that, that notion was emotion, I think, coming out of, out of uh, fan bases and, and administration. It wasn't, it wasn't sense. Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette. Mark, great to speak with you. Look forward to catching up again real soon. Thank you, Mark. You bet, guys. Thanks for having me on. Good to talk to you, Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette. Him and Scott Dockerman's podcast. Have you? It's it's up, right? It is up. Yep. yep. So uh, listened to a little bit of it yesterday. Lengthy, as always, <laughs> nearly two hours. <laughs> they can of get going. Hawkeye <laughs> goodness. <sighs> Winter football, spring football, whatever you want to call it. I think it's untenable. Yeah, it's going to be. I mean, and a basketball is going to be so good. Is it in Iowa? Well, well I think they play. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair. Fair. I think they're painting themselves in a corner. Yeah. Uh, well, let's do this, Trent. Uh, KXNO and iHeart want to help you pay your bills. Text the keyword money to 200 200 right now. It's your chance to win $1,000. That's money to 200 200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. All right, back with uh, Pete Futek. More college football conversation. Trent and I, Miller and Condon, take you until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460, KXNO and 107. Time for details.
Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Welcome back, Miller and Condon. Just past 11.30 on a Thursday. We take you up until noon. Thanks to Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette. Good uh, chat with the uh, Cedar Rapids Gazette Hawkeye beat writer, Pete Futek, college, uh, covers college football for College Football News. Hello, Pete Futek. Trent and Ken in Des Moines, thanks for coming back on. How are you, sir? Hello, Trent and Des How are you guys doing? Doing well. Were you surprised, Pete? Because I kind of have been. Um, all the games on Saturday, we've seen the schedule come out, the ACC, the SEC, and the Big 12, etc. Were you surprised that they didn't try to claim more real estate? Maybe not the Tuesdays for Maction, but Thursdays seemingly are wide open. I know the ACC is going to play some Friday games, uh, but I was—I just thought that they would, you know, try and break up the Saturday a little bit and maybe give exposure to more uh, of these schools, uh, considering that there's going to be so much television real estate available. Yeah, I suppose I didn't give it a whole lot of thought. Uh, I, I, but, yeah, that might make a little bit of sense. But as is, they're going to dominate. I mean, they're going to just own college football Saturdays now. Uh, and, yeah, I, I would think if, you know, with all the great SEC games, I mean, you know, look at what we're seeing with the NBA right now. I mean, this is awesome. I mean, NHL has been great just to turn on the TV, you know, at 10 o'clock in the morning, and all of a sudden someone somewhere is playing – you know, hockey that sort of matters. The fact that we're getting wall-to-wall, if this all works, the fact that we'd be getting all you know, wall-to-wall, big game versus big game conference action, is going to be a blast. I mean, this is going to be, you know, if they could, I said this from the start, if they can pull this off, you know, for at least this one year, it's not going to last. We're not going to get, you know, 10-game SEC schedule, you know, with no non-conference games every year. But there's no fluff, no cupcakes. I mean, you know, the Big 12 has its own, you know, plus one cupcake thing happening. Uh, but for the most part, this is going to be pretty amazing from a sheer sports, you know, fan viewing experience. We're going to be able to see a whole lot on the national scope. Uh, teams like Iowa State here locally, you're going to figure they're going to move up there. And just kind of thinking forward, what is going to constitute a top 15 type of season? Six and four. Very well, it could be the case. You look at some of these you know, middle of the tier teams across these major conferences that are playing, and a five and five, six and four record would be considered great for a lot of these teams. And it's why you're never going to lose these nine conference games, and why this whole idea that oh no, group of five programs, this is going to you know screw them up for forever. Yeah, it might, you know financially it's going to mess some of them up, but they're going to come back because you're right. I mean, it's going to be crazy if you look at some of these schedules. You know, find me four wins on the Missouri schedule. <laughs> it's you know, find me, you know, you know, Mississippi State, okay, it could, it could go six and four-ish or so, but that's no fun. You're, so there's all these mid-tier teams that aren't going to want to, you know, do what they do and beat their head against the wall to go five and five. And you look at the non-conference schedule or games that they gave up, all of a sudden, you know, teams that were automatically, yeah, it's a seven and five team or an eight and four team, now we're going to be desperate just to get to 500. 
Have we seen anything regarding the New Year's Six? I mean, I know the Rose Bowl's out there thinking of playing that uh, in March, if indeed the Pac-12 and the Big Ten do go forward. They were scheduled to have one of the semifinals, I believe, this year. Pete, do you know anything as to, we've seen the schedule, we know that the um, Big 12 and the ACC will play their championship game on the 12th, assuming uh, the week a week later the SEC will hold theirs. What about the uh, the Big Bulls, the New Year's Six? Uh, heard anything about that? Not really. You know, the the college football playoff is going to go off at like normal. Uh, at least, maybe not with fans, but in terms of timing and things, because you know the college football playoff side of this is easy. There, and they got it right. They're kind of saying, look, you know, if there's football teams playing, we're going to rank them, and uh, the four best according to our rankings are going to be in the college football playoff. So that part of the puzzle is kind of easy. The hard part. Uh, like you said, is going to be those other other games, and bowl, the bowl season is going to be just a hot mess. I mean, there's mm-hmm. no way this goes off like normal. They're just not going to have enough teams. They're going to have to make exceptions. I've always said that bowl games are just nothing more than exhibitions. So who cares if a team gets the six wins? Look, if you want a you know a two and ten, you know if Notre Dame were to go two and ten, if you were to get like a two and ten team that you know is going to you know get ratings, go for it. Who cares? It's an exhibition. And this year, I think they might actually have to do that. Uh, because the other part of this thing, too, is, you know, bowl games make money off of tickets. And you're not going to be able to make the, the schools, you know, of course, the schools to pay their 15, you know, pay for their 15,000 allotment of tickets. Uh, but ESPN's going to want programming. That's mm-hmm. December for them. Yes. So they're going to force something where I think there might be an extra game, an extra exhibition, or some way, shape, or form. Uh, that this kicks in for the bowl season. But for the New Year's Six, I'm going to guess that they're going to uh, come up with something just because those are the big ticket, um, I mean, the big money games for ESPN. You know, uh, Pete, I was just thinking forward to, there's no reason that the Outback Bowl has to be in Tampa either. It, you put it somewhere more regionalized. You have Tennessee, Kansas State, and you play it in St. Louis. You do something like that. There's nothing if nobody's going to be traveling these games that say you have to make your way to these outposts that aren't close to these campuses. Could you see a lot of shifting where these games ultimately are played? Called a bowl game, called an exhibition, whatever it is, but a changing of the way the bowl system looks like for this year? Yeah, I don't think so. Only because these bowls, for whether it's true or not, really are tied into various charities and mm-hmm. local functions. And, yeah, you know, remember, bowl, bowl games really are just sort of a chamber of commerce. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> yeah. And knowing the, knowing the people who run these things and handle them, you know, they're not football people. They are, you know, civic leaders. Yeah. And, yeah, for the most part, yeah, you want, to, you want to showcase on your city. So even if, you know, you remember, how, you know, any bowl game, look at the, you know, the Independence Bowl. What do you get every commercial break? You get an infomercial for Shreveport. So that, that's what these cities are still going to want, or even if there's no, I mean, there's nobody in the stands anyway for half of these things. You're still going to want the, hey, you know, check out the great things about Mobile, Alabama, you know, and things like that. So you're still going to probably have them in the cities. And you know what? At the end of the day, those might be the safest games at, because those are where the teams actually are in their own sort of bubble. They are sort of forced to quarantine, you know, as in normal times from the rest of the world. Uh, so I think actually those might be the safest games you can possibly play this year. Uh, Pete, were were you able to um, you know t- t- talking to the people that you speak with? 
Were you able to glean any information as to how serious some of the, I'll call them rogue Big Ten schools, you know, they were going to, uh, they were going to, uh, branch off from the Big Ten for this fall because they wanted to play in Ohio State, Nebraska, and Iowa, and Michigan, and maybe Penn State. Do you know, were those actually real discussions or were they just started on some fan board that picked up steam and everybody ran with it because, you know, we're hoping against hope for that rumor to be true, but was there anything ever to it, do you think? No, because everyone kind of did their job. You know, college football coaches want to coach college football. College football players want to play college football. And athletic departments want college football to happen. So it was their job to say, yeah, we want to play. We want to figure this out. We want to do anything we can possibly do to make this all happen. And it was the job of mom and dad in, you know, the Big Ten office and the president being like, no, 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 you mm-hmm. can't really do that. And look, at the end of the day, for all the parties, I, I, this is where as much as the Big Ten sort of screwed this up from a PR standpoint, where they totally got this right is squashing it before it got started and being like, look, Nebraska, you want out of this, you know, God bless you, good luck with that, because going forward, you know, we can't have – because if, if they let Nebraska go off and play, then all of a sudden you've got 13 other fan bases that are going to scream and yell and say, hey, we want in, and they did not want that headache. And remember, more than anything else, the Big Ten, the reason why it is – and remember, the Big Ten's the biggest bad boy conference in the, on the block here. Mm-hmm. SEC might be, you know, have the, have the football league and all that kind of stuff. But in terms of money, in terms of revenue, overall, the Big Ten just dominates everyone else. It's got the biggest alumni base, biggest geographic reach. You know, you're going from, you know, College Park, Maryland, all the way to Lincoln, Nebraska. You've got the network. You've got, it's the biggest financial deal. The Big Ten, if it wanted, could go get – Anybody outside of maybe an Alabama or a Texas A&M, which just makes ungodly money on their own. But it's not crazy to, you know, remember several years ago, Texas wasn't crazy to join, you know, on the outside of joining the Big Ten. So the idea of Nebraska leaving, Nebraska made at least almost close to half, would have made it, you know, half as much money had it stayed in the Big 12 as opposed to joining the Big Ten. So that was not going to happen. And Big Ten, Big Ten knows this, Nebraska knows this, and so they're just like, nah, guys, no, stop it. And it did. Pete, there's a, a proposal out there, and it's going to the governing board about players, football players and fall athletes in general getting an extra mm-hmm. year of eligibility. Yep. You're already looking at athletic departments looking at tens of millions of dollars of financial windfall. Now you're going to tack on another 20, 25 scholarships for next season and really for the next couple of seasons here. A, how is this going to play out? How will it work financially? And you look at Wisconsin last year. They said their spring sport athletes, one of the top 15 generating money-generating athletic departments in the country, said, sorry, we don't have scholarship money for you. Is this just going to separate the haves and have-nots even more? A little bit. You have to remember that athletic department finances are a little bit funny. It's Remember when it comes to a scholarship, it's, doesn't cost, I mean, you can argue all day long with college administrators on this, but it's the actual physical ability of a kid sitting in a classroom and learning from a professor doesn't necessarily cost anything. You already have the professor in place. You already have the, 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 the classroom in place. You already have the, the brick-and-mortar facility in place or in the online facility this year. All you're doing is you're taking another body and you're putting it in that classroom. That's essentially what the scholarship is 
The room and board, well, yeah, it's a lot. It's actually pennies in the couch cushion compared to what these guys, what these schools are making. Remember, football makes money. And they're taxed on that, too. Exactly. Basketball makes money. Lots of women's sports make money, too. You know, uh, know, volleyball at some schools, gymnastics at, like, UCLA. So there are lots of revenue-producing sports out there, uh, but it's the non-revenue sports that's crushing. So in a place like Wisconsin, look, when I went there, it was, a, it was a really big freaking deal. Like in the first week, they canceled baseball, and then they said, "Hey, we're going to charge an extra ten dollars to every student, you know, to help fund other non-revenue sports." And people were like, "Wait, I'm not giving ten dollars to this." Uh, it's non-revenue sports that take the hit. That's what ends up costing all the money. And they kind of, sort of, kind of get funky with their books when it comes to uh, crying poor on some of this stuff, but. Yeah, when it comes to the, all these schools, all these conferences asking to uh, for loans now, I think it's Kansas is, is looking out for maybe a $20 million uh, potential loan of some sort if they can't do football as a, you know insurance policy. That's not for football. That's for everything else in an athletic department. So, Pete, uh, fast forward to January. It's the first weekend of January. We're about to embark on wild card weekend, but Thursday and Friday – uh, there's nothing going on. Or wait a second, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are playing. Are they going to play football in January? Will those two conferences actually get this winter season, as they're calling it, off the ground? It's not as logistically crazy as you might think. And it, go- it goes back to what you kind of mentioned before with the eligibility side of things. That will be kind of a mess, and they are going to have to figure that out later. But it's why the semantics matter here and why they're saying it's a postponement, not a cancellation. Mm-hmm. So all they're, they're really talking about doing is saying, instead of starting the season September 3rd, we're going to start the season January 15th. If you're a redshirt sophomore going into the fall eligibility-wise, you're a redshirt sophomore going into uh, the spring. If you're you know, the freshman class, the recruiting class, no, you wouldn't have been eligible anyway for anything right away, even if you like got to school early, no, your eligibility starts in fall of 2021. So all you're doing is you're pushing the entire what was supposed to be 2020 season over a few months over. And if there's money to be made there and uh, they do think that they can make this happen, uh, they might make it happen. And from a viability standpoint, what changes? Well, all this stuff that's coming out about the more rapid tests, the thing that came out this weekend uh, this saliva direct mm-hmm. thing that the NBA uh, funded. Now they're talking about actual reliable tests that are come back in three hours, cost $10, it's really cheap, and it works. And if that starts to happen, there's your game changer because, you know, I don't know if anybody else read the Pac-12 uh, statement when they first came out about why they're canceling football. They had three reasons. One, they're like, it's a global pandemic, you doorknobs. What are you doing playing a contact sport? Two, we can't figure out the travel. And three, we can't do either of those first two because we don't have the tests that we believe in and rely on. That's kind of what Kevin Warren said yesterday. You solve problem three. You get every. You know that everyone in that building and on the field is tested negative. Now you got college football back. Pete, a few tech college football news. Uh, great to speak with you, Pete. Uh, we will uh, talk to you in the weeks ahead. Thanks, Pete. Absolutely. Anytime, guys. Good. Yep, good to talk to us. He means it, too, when he says anytime. Yeah, he's uh, a lot of fun to talk to, and uh, he's uh, certainly like a lot of us, hoping we do see some kind of college football this year. I'll say. All right, first caller wins a T-shirt. Oh! 284-5966. Back to wrap up the program. Caller 1 wins a cakes and no shirt uh, from Boss Prince. 1460...
Ty Miller and Condon, final couple of minutes here on a Thursday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. So what's on the docket for you today, Trent Condon? Oh, let's see. Got a couple of pretty big meetings this afternoon as we prepare for high school football. A week from tomorrow. Yeah, week zero, a couple of games tomorrow night. And you will be doing it for, um, what's, what's the Central Iowa Sports Network? Yep. yep. CISN with Pete Tarpey, whose daughter is getting married this weekend. So right before football gets going for Pete and company over there. Worked out well for Pete. Yes. He's got a busy one uh, going on this weekend. But yeah, I'll be doing the video for those games. Limited capacity inside of all the CIML stadiums that was announced last week. Uh, so some changes there. I know a lot of people won't be able to go there. But will they let you in? I mean, not just yes. you. I mean, we're talking about media, media members. Yes. Yep. Uh, and I talked to a couple of athletic directors because we're wondering here at KXNO for our correspondence on Friday nights. So that's, we're going forward with another scoreboard show? Yep, going to go with the scoreboard Joe show. Joe Stacy, Joe Stacy, Lawful Holes, Josh Lawful yep, Holes. Those Good. guys will be Sean back Roberts. for another season. And uh, from there, we'll go, we'll replay our game of the week. So Ankeny, Ankeny, Centennial Week 1, Valley Dowling Week 2, and on from there. Those replays right after the guys finish up at 10.30 will be here on the airwaves. But yeah, we uh, had to make sure that... Our people that we have out yeah. at all the different sites, we're going to be able to let be let in because they uh, just there was a big deal on Twitter. Aaron Andrews and people who do Aaron's job, mm-hmm. they're not going to be allowed on sidelines, and that's going to be a little bit different. Some yeah. stadiums are okay uh, with the expanded sidelines. We're also seeing yeah. where players can go what all the way to the fifteen the yard 20, line, well, 20, it's, it's, yeah, but it's longer. Yeah, it's longer yeah. for sure. It's longer than it was in the past. Uh, they are going to ask correspondents if they are on the field at some stadiums, which aren't going to allow them at all. But some of the bigger ones, I talked to Valley, I talked to Nate and uh, Brad Rose over there, and they said probably just more stay in the end zones. Yeah, that makes sense. And do that, Mm -hmm. and they're going to limit the people. Cheerleaders of the visiting team will not be allowed in the CIML this year. Mm -hmm. Home cheerleaders will be allowed there, but just trying to cut down on those numbers. But What about fans of visiting teams? uh, That is depending on the size of the visiting stands, social distancing. They have to allow a minimum of 160 tickets. Okay. Per visiting school. So that is the minimum number at Valley. It's obviously bigger than it would be at Hoover, mm-hmm. as you know, the, the stand set up there. But yeah, that's uh, the minimum number of visiting fans that'll be allowed in is 160. Also, no athletic passes for visiting students. That's something the CIML has done in the past. That will not be a pass, at least, that you can purchase. If you're a part of that 160, though, and you would be able to secure a ticket, you can do it. But CISN will have uh, games each and every week, upwards of four or five every week where you can buy a one-game pass or a season pass, depending on the school you cover, or you just wait for the replay of our game of the week at 10.30 after the scoreboard show. And you're on uh, KXNO on both 1460 and 106.3, I'm guessing, right? Yes. Yeah, you're on both of them. Good stuff. Yep. Well, that's our Football Friday Night Plans. Uh, Joe Stacy will be in this chair along with Josh Luffelholst doing what they've done for a long time. Uh, boy, oh boy, trying to... Th- 15 years, 12, 14, something like that. KXNO's uh, been doing that format, so good to know that that is coming back. So there's a little bit of normalcy. Uh, twi- Cubs are off today. Cards are off. Are the cards off today? I believe so. I know the this Twins might play be one of their few off days that they have here until the end of the season. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, they yeah no, they play Cincinnati. Oh, really? Cincinnati at Bush. Uh-huh. So Cincinnati leaves Kansas City um, and heads to St. Louis. Tom Brenneman will never call another game. It's over. Yeah, baseball and football, and it should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, this isn't cancel culture. No, you just you yeah, don't. This say is that. this is different than cancel culture. Mm-hmm. This is crossing the line, and uh, he he knew it too. 
He knew it. He said as much that he doesn't know when he'll ever put this headset on again. Um, well, we can help you out with that yeah. if you really don't know. Uh, we will be back tomorrow, but uh, coming up next, local programming-wise anyways, will be Murph and Andy at 2, the Fanatics in at 4. Friday, the morning rush begins your local programming at 6 a.m. We're Miller and Condon. Weekdays 10 to noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.